Well, thank you for joining us for another episode of Behind the Console. I'm your host, Dave, and we are broadcasting from the Grassy Knoll studio. It's always about the music on this show, and we're going to explore the music, but in this series, it's going to be just the hits. It might be just the hits from one band, or it might be just the hits from one decade or region, but in this series, we're going to explore just the hits, so let's get into it. On this episode, we're going to check out 20 of the greatest rock and roll duets of all time. We all remember the great duets, Save Your Love by Renee and Renato, Welcome Home by Peters and Lee, Orville's Song by Keith Harris and Orville the Duck, but the art of the duet also has its place in rock and roll, from power ballads to balls out OTT anthems and from mega hits to cult classics. The rock duet comes in all shapes and sizes. Here we present the very best of them, ducks not included. Well, our first duet's from 1988, and in the late 80s, so powerful was the allure of the power ballad duet that even the coke-snorting, bat-munching Prince of Darkness succumbed to it. In time-honored tradition, Sharon was to blame. At that time, Mrs. O was managing former runaway star Lita Ford, as well as the old man. Putting the two together was a no-brainer. What they delivered with Close My Eyes Forever was something truly unique. A love song utterly devoid of romance. Lita sounds agitated. Ozzy inevitably sounds pissed. But the song was a hit. Top 10 in America, and it's better, at least than the duets the double O went on to make with daughter Kelly and, of course, Miss Piggy. Baby, I get so scared If I close my eyes forever Will it all remain unchanged? If I close my eyes forever Will it all remain the same?
legendary rock singers and a classic old Motown song. What could go wrong? Well, as it turned out, pretty much everything is. David Bowie and Mick Jagger hammed it up and made a dog's dinner of dancing in the street. But at least they did it to raise money for Live Aid. And the High Camp video spawned a brilliant spoof. You can find that on YouTube. This is Mick Jagger and David Bowie dancing in the street. Okay! Tokyo! South America! Australia! up is from Sebastian Bach and Axl Rose. Former Skid Row singer Bach has been tight with Axl since the early 90s when the Skids had opened for Guns N' Roses on the Use Your Illusion Tour. This provocatively titled duet is the best of three tracks from Bach's album Angel Down to feature Axl. A throwback to the good old bad old days from the 80s, it's a full tilt rock and roll blaster from these two badasses you'd expect Nothing left. Rolling down the avenue, I got my fist in the air. Checking out of the red race, and I really don't care. I got a knockdown, dragging out, fighting my mind. Attitudes are kicking the face. I'm just having a good time. Just having a good time. Don't ask what the truth is. And I won't tell you no lie 
Hagar and Kid Rock. It's called Knockdown Drag Out from 2013. And the Red Rockers 2013 album Sammy Hagar and Friends was exactly as billed. A bunch of songs recorded with famous buddies, including former bandmates from Van Halen, Chickenfoot, and Montrose, and HSAS. And on an album notable for its complete lack of anything approaching subtlety, the standout was this raucous duet with white trash superstar Kid Rock. With a notable mention to the lead guitar player on this track, Joe Satriani, best enjoyed with a shot of Sammy's own brand of tequila.
the next track, entitled Nine Lives, is an unusual pairing. It's Def Leppard and Tim McGraw. Country singer Tim wears a big hat and has had plenty of big hits in the U.S., 10 number one country albums, 25 number one country singles, and his duet with Joe Elliott on Nine Lives worked brilliantly. His southern twang adding a little extra spice to a hard rock anthem in the classic leopard tradition. Is your luck enough? Is your touch enough? Come on, girl. from 1987 entitled Good Times. It features In Excess and Jimmy Barnes, and it was a marriage made in Aussie rock heaven. In Excess had become the biggest thing from down under since ACDC. Jimmy Barnes, as former frontman of Cold Chisel and solo star, was Australian rock and roll royalty, and the song they recorded together was an Aussie classic, a hit for 60 stars, the Easy Beats, Written by the group's founding member, Harry Vanda and George Young, the latter the older brother of Malcolm and Angus. Everybody shame, everybody groove, 
to be the love theme to a Hollywood blockbuster performed as a duet by a pair of big-haired rock stars, one a dude, the other a chick, the cash just rolled in, so it was with Almost Paradise, written by soft rock master Eric Carmen, sung by Loverboy's Mike Reno and Hearts Ann Wilson, and featured in the movie Footloose, a movie so quintessentially 80s, it had Kevin Bacon top billing. To hear it again now is to be transported back in time to a golden age. I thought that dreams belonged to other men Cause each time I got close They'd fall apart again I feared my heart would be insincere I faced the night 
2007 release from Robert Plant and Alison Krauss. In the year that Led Zeppelin reunited for that one-off performance at London's O2 and the world waited for the mother of all comeback tours, Plant had already moved on. For the singer, one gig with the old band was enough. He had other areas of music to explore and he did so brilliantly with Raising Sand, an album of duets with bluegrass singer Krauss. The old songs they recorded ranged from country blues to rockabilly, but the best track on the album was one that Plant had written with Jimmy Page, the tender ballad, Please Read the Letter. The irony was not lost on Page. Caught out running with just a little too much to hide Maybe, baby, everything's gonna turn out fine Please read the letter I nailed it to your door It's crazy how it all turned out We needed so much more Once I put beside the well of many words My house is full of rings and charms and pretty birds Understand me, my walls came falling down. There's nothing here that's left for you. Check with lost and found. the 
1969 duet from none other than Bob Dylan and the man in black Johnny Cash. The song that Dylan first recorded in 63 for his second album, The Freewheelin' Bob Dylan, was remade six years later as a duet with Cash. Most extraordinarily of all, in this meeting of two major figures in American music is the complex lack of ego in the performance. It is a simple song, beautifully sung, the two voices, Dylan's reedy, Cash's deep, in a perfect balance. Take one, Johnny Cash, Bob Dylan, thousand miles behind. Take one. You want me to get in closer on it? You want me to get in closer? Down the street the dogs are barking And the day is getting dark When the night begins to fall Then a dog will lose their bark Then a silent night will shatter From the sounds inside my mind And I'm just one too many mornings And a thousand miles behind From the crossroads of my doorstep, my eyes, they begin to fade. And I turn my head back to the room where my love and I have laid. And I gaze back to the street, the sidewalk, and the sign. And I'm one too many mornings and a thousand miles behind. It's a restless, hungry feeling It don't do nobody no good And everything I'm saying You can say it just as good Cause you're right from your side Bob, but I'm right from mine We're just one too many mornings And a thousand miles behind They're right street the dogs are barking and the day is getting dark as the night comes in a falling those dogs will lose the bar and the silent night will shatter from the sounds inside my mind as i'm one too many mornings and a thousand miles behind it's one too many mornings and a thousand miles behind. 
almost didn't happen. As astonishing as it now seems, Gabriel had wanted to record Don't Give Up with Dolly Parton, believing that his lyrics for the song, inspired by photographs of the Great Depression in the 30s, America, would have a deeper resonance if sung in part by an American voice. Instead, after Dolly turned him down, Gabriel found the perfect partner in Kate Bush. The emotion created in their duet, enhanced by Godly and Cream's video made Don't Give Up a classic, defining song in Gabriel's career. Sproutland, we grew up strong. We were wanted all along. I was taught to fight, taught to win. I never thought I could fail. No fight left, or so it seems. I am a man whose dreams have all Oh, 
on to another town Tried hard to settle down For every job So many men So many men No one needs Don't give up Cause you have friends is Gary Moore and Phil Lynott. And Moore and Lynott made some great music together in an on-and-off working relationship spread over many years. In 79, there was Thin Lizzy's classic Black Rose, the only album that Moore made with the band, and also Moore's solo hit, Parisian Walkways, a duet with Lynott. They repeated the trick in 85 with this track, Out in the Fields, an electrifying anti-war protest song. Sadly, it turned out to be Lynott's last hit before his death the following January. It doesn't matter if you're wrong or if you're right. It makes no difference if you're black or if you're white. All men are equal till the victory is won. No color or religion ever stop the bullet from the dust. In the fields, the fighting has begun. On the 
Next up is Temple of the Dog Hunger Strike out of 1991. Led by Soundgarden singer Chris Cornell, Temple of the Dog was a Seattle rock supergroup that made one album as a tribute to Cornell's friend Andrew Wood, the singer of Mother Love Bone, who died from a heroin overdose in 90. Alongside Cornell were Soundgarden's drummer Matt Cameron, two former members of Mother Love Bone, guitarist Stone Gossard and bassist Jeff Emmett, plus guitarist Mike McCready and singer Eddie Vedder from the new band formed by Gossard and Ament, Pearl Jam. What they created in Wood's memory was one of the great albums of the grunge era, featuring in Hunger Strike, a beautiful melancholy song in which Cornell and Vedder shared lead vocals, both digging deep. I don't mind stealing bread from the mouths of But I can't feed on the powerless when my cup's already overfilled. Yeah. But it's on the table of fires cooking. And the farming babies with slaves are working. The blood is on. Cups already over there. 
Well, our next pairing is from the title track of Alice Cooper's Masterpiece, and it was one of the most bizarre love songs ever written. An additional free song of twisted romantic delusion was supplied in interludes sung by folk rock kook Donovan in a weird faux cockney voice. If I'm too rough, tell me, I'm so scared. Your little head will come off in my hands. As duets go, it's a long way from Kenny and Dolly thrilling Islands in the Stream, but you get it. None other than Meatloaf and Cher. It's from 1981 entitled Dead Ringer for Love, and as one critic noted, Cher could sing any old piece of tat like her next meal depended on it. And if anyone could empathize with that, it's Meatloaf. 
The two old troopers teamed up for this hit single from Dead Ringer, Meatloaf's follow-up to Bad Out of Hell. A frenzied rock and roll anthem that hits fever pitch and stays there for the duration. Dead Ringer is surely the most over-the-top duet of them all. listen to this show before knows that I don't hide my love for Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers and along with Stevie Nicks uh, who was one of the biggest stars in rock and roll singer and songwriter for Fleetwood Mac but when Stevie Nicks first met Tom Petty in 1978 she was in Petty's words this absolutely stoned gone huge fan Nicks loved Petty's songs so much that she wanted to sing one of them 
It was her mission in life, he said, that I should write her a song, only it didn't turn out quite like that. When Petty wrote Stop Dragging My Heart Around, this cool, slinky rock and roll tune, it sounded so good he wanted to keep it for himself, but in the end, Stevie got her way, and her duet with her favorite singer became the big hit from her debut solo album, Belladonna. This is Stop Dragging My Heart Around.
Our next track from 1980 was not so much a conventional duet as two bands facing off and rocking out the guys in Max Webster, a band, not a person that is, were old friends of the band Rush, and for the album Universal Juveniles, Max Webster's last, the two bands set up in the same room to record this next track live off the floor. The song is a real shit kicker with a slow grinding tension, and the combination of two unique voices, Kim Mitchell's groan and Getty Lee's yelp, adds to the spaced out vibe. It's the ultimate Maple Leaf Anthem Mayhem Jam. This is Max Webster and Rush. Battle Scar!
back straight out of 1971 may come as a surprise to some of you, but on Led Zeppelin's iconic and definitive fourth album was the only song the band recorded with a guest singer. Folk music had been a key influence in Zeppelin's music from the onset, but their debut album, there was Black Mountain Side, based on a traditional Irish song. On Led Zeppelin 3, there was a number of folk-influenced acoustic tracks, and when Jimmy Page wrote The Battle of Evermore, playing a mandolin for the first time borrowed from bassist John Paul Jones, it sounded, he said, like an old English instrument. It was Robert Plant who suggested that the song required another voice to complement his own, and it came from Sandy Denny, formerly of British folk group Fairpoint Convention. The result was magical, a Led Zeppelin song unlike any other. The Battle of Evermore. The Queen of Light took her bow, and then she turned to go. The Prince of Peace embraced the gloom, and walked the night alone. Doesn't the dark of night seem to the Lord? Dark of lights and forest tonight, and time will tell us
sun is shining, the clouds are blue or white. With flames from the dragon of darkness, some light blinds his This next track gives David Bowie his second appearance on this list. And what started out as a bit of fun and off-the-cuff collaboration between two giants of rock turned into what Brian May later called a fierce battle. And it was a battle that Bowie won, his ego bigger even than Freddie Mercury's. As May said of the making of Under Pressure, it was hard because you had four very precocious boys and David who was precocious enough for all of us. David took over the song lyrically. For all that, May described Under Pressure as a great song with that killer funky bass line from John Deacon and stellar performances from the two alpha male vocalists. It was a UK number one and a smash hit all over the world still today. This is Queen and David Bowie, Under Pressure. Pressure.
things, but it don't work. Keep coming up with love, but it's so slashed and torn. For him, it was really that simple. The band he led was, in his mind, plugged straight into the original rock and roll of the 50s, except that Motorhead played it louder, faster, and filthier. Well, this next track, Motorhead recorded with the all-female band Girl School in 1981. This is Please Don't Touch. gonna wrap it up for another episode of behind the console just the hits thanks for joining me here at the grassy knoll studio if you like what you've heard or any of our shows please drop us a line and let us know we're at www.pacificnorthwestradio.com and just go to the on demand page or 
You can find us streaming on Spotify and iTunes. Well, this is the number one track in our top 20 top rock duets of all time, and it's none other than Brian Adams and Tina Turner. Surprisingly, the greatest duet of all time wasn't actually written with two voices in mind, but when Brian Adams decided on cutting this song with a female singer, he knew immediately who he wanted. Soul legend Tina Turner. There was no ballsier singer in the world, and in the mid-80s, Turner was in the process of making a huge comeback. When the duo recorded the track, her performance was so powerful that Adams was blown away. As he told Classic Rock, it was like a tornado had just ripped through. Now this is Only Love, Brian Adams and Tina Turner. <laughs> 